It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'd love to be saying as usual, and I say this when I've got some savage guests on. And I'm, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. Rob, Rob Domofsky of ESPN, your man legend. You've been insanely busy. Have you any space at all for some sort of a full-time podcast appearance with the UK Packers? I mean, can we... Do we have that revenue? Can we pull you across to this like they did with Matt LaFleur? Is that possible? I don't know what the uh, I don't know what my ESPN contract calls for, so uh, we might just have to stick to guest appearances. Ah, uh, okay, contractual basis, not personal. Get it? <laughs> no, look, I, look, there's not going to be no tricky questions here, Rob. Look, we've had John before. It's one of our most popular um, episodes ever, and I think that the feedback that we got off it was just how fascinating it was to be getting kind of a glimpse behind the scenes and. And some of the stuff that, you know, you have to go about in roundabout ways to corroborate stories and all this type of stuff. There has been an awful lot of that lately with the amount of crazy changes. And mm. like the, the bookies over here, uh, Rob, they, they had Matt LaFleur down as 33 to 1. So no one was really <laughs> expecting it. Now, anybody getting their Packers coverage, it's been your name who's been at the top of that list. Can you give us just a small flavor of what it's been like? to be in the shoes of Rob Domofsky over the last couple of weeks with the amount of these changes going on and, and what it means for you. Do you ever get a sleep or get a meal ever? <laughs> you know, I'm the funny thing is Steve, I'm not a morning person, yeah. but I'll tell you what, what gets me out of bed though, is when I get a text or a phone call from somebody that, you know, okay, <laughs> I got to jump into action because there's news coming. And yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe it's my old newspaper uh, ways where you work, you know, work till, late in the evening when I worked at the Green Bay Press Gazette and yeah. you know uh, the, you, you were more of a you know there wasn't the 24-hour news cycle like we're in now but man I've always had a hard time uh you know getting up and getting going in the morning but these last couple of weeks it's been uh you know the news has been going from you know basically morning till night and you know the funny thing is when on Monday when the whole thing went down with with LaFleur you know, I'll just give you a glimpse. I had taken uh, a little bit of a break to drive one of my sons to basketball practice uh, at about just before five o'clock local time. And I get a text from somebody that said, hey, I'm here in the Packers have hired somebody. And I literally, uh, with the help of my great colleague, Adam Schefter, we literally broke the story as I was sitting in the parking lot of the elementary school uh, and, and, and talk, t- texting and then talking to Adam and telling him what I had and comparing notes and we were able to break the story and that, that like that was like steve that was like the only time i had left the house like that entire day <laughs> and of course you know that's that's when the news breaks so uh that's just a little glimpse of it i guess murphy's law i mean it never fails and again like this, this is my problem uh with you rob right it, you're just so goddamn interesting and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is so interesting we almost forget to talk about in-depth packers but let me just ask you this so in a situation like that and when when this is breaking and you're out sort of on, you know on the beat dude, doing stuff trying to live a normal life without getting it all sort of enveloped <laughs> with this type of stuff when you have to like bang out articles or, or, or pieces and stuff like that, because we saw the amount of candidates that there were for this job. And as I said, Matt LaFleur right down the bottom. I mean, yeah. what, what the hell do you do when it breaks that he's there? Is it all systems are going, you have some stuff pre-written and you've got to run back to get, like, are you commandeering someone's laptop at the basketball game to try and get on and write <laughs> articles? I mean, how does it all work? You know, the great thing about living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, is you're close to everything and there's yeah. not a lot of traffic. So I was able to, 
basically dictate to Adam on the on the phone what we wanted to put out there. Mm. And by the time he basically had it on Twitter, I was pulling into my house and into my home office and firing up the computer. And, you know, we had a story up on ESPN.com pretty quickly. And then you get a kick out of this. So uh, because we can basically do live television from anywhere yeah. uh, these days, I, I, I fire up my home computer or my home camera studio yeah. and about uh, 15 minutes later i'm live on sports center so oh, <laughs> uh it's uh yeah it's 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 interesting life of a rock star i understand now why you won't come across to the lowly uk packers dear jesus you're living like you're the aaron Rodgers <laughs> of the Packers. but come here look i could talk about your profession all day and maybe we'll reserve that to a next guest appearance or a point in green bay let's see um what I want to do, what I want to do, Rob, is, is that there's very few people who have ever, you know, covered the Packers to, to your level. You're up there with, you know, all the people that have been on the beat for forever, who we all we all know and love. And I guess the question that I have for you is, is that this season took an awful lot of people by surprise, you know. But mm-hmm. what I would say is, is that from your perspective and seeing how deeply you saw it and, and getting the nuances in the locker room and how people were feeling and, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Was this as sudden of a decline or was it an inevitable slow decline for you looking at it? Because um, I know, you know, this question is very, very long, but the bookies yeah. over here again had the Packers as kind of, you know, up there with the Super Bowl favorites. All of a sure. sudden, the, you know, the the bum falls out of it. So, I right. mean, yeah. how did you see it's it a then? Good question. Yeah, it's a good question. See, I remember standing in training camp, you know, in July, watching this team thinking, yeah, okay, these they look like they've got a lot of parts to be a, you know, definitely a playoff team and even a Super Bowl contender. I mean, you know, the signing of Jimmy Graham, people were obviously excited about that. Devontae Adams coming back. Aaron Jones is running back. And, you know, you didn't know, you you didn't know what you had in the young receivers, but, you know, you thought you'd have Randall Cobb. And then defensively, there was obviously a lot of excitement about Mike Patton and what he was going to do. So I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, I did not see a season like this coming. However, when it's when it really struck me and and I, my my former colleague and good friend Pete Doherty in the Green Bay Press Gazette wrote this a few weeks ago, and he's right. The beginning of the end really was when Rogers stood up there after that Buffalo game, a game they had won twenty two to nothing, yeah. and essentially ripped ripped the offense, ripped McCarthy. You thought to yourself, "Wow, this this is not going well. Something is you know something's not right. Mm. The quarterback is making his." making his feelings known about what he thinks of, of where they're at, where they're at. And, and that was just, I mean, I, I said it at the time and, 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 and I, 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 as much as I respect Mike McCarthy, I think he's a good coach. And I'm quite frankly, I'm surprised that he didn't get the Jets job. Yeah. But from that moment on, he walked around almost like a dead man walking, you know, I mean, he was, he was just different. And, and I think he felt like the rug had been pulled out from under him by his quarterback. Um, Look, Aaron Rodgers is a great player. Uh, all these great quarterbacks, you know, are smart guys. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing there, and um, you know that wasn't just an off-the-cuff comment. And I think it hurt. It hurt. It hurt McCarthy. It hurt the organization. And I think that, you know that was really the beginning of the end. And that's when I thought, well, this isn't going well, and and the potential for major change, you know, is definitely there. And and look. Rogers is responsible for that too. I yeah. mean, as great as he is, you know, he bears some responsibility in this and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, look, he's now, he, he, I guess you could say he, you know, he got what he wanted. Okay. It's time now for him to reconnect with the coach and, and show that he's still got another run left in him. 
Yeah, and I have to agree with you there, and it's certainly my opinion, and I wouldn't put these words in your mouth, but, but like going through the podcast, and again, like, you know, one of these is hosted every week. It was bi-weekly during the season, and nearly every podcast I was having to get on and say, and break down how the game was going, and just sort of say, like, yeah. uh, you know, this this isn't totally down to play, Collins. There's an awful lot of these situations where Aaron Rodgers wasn't hitting his first read, or he was holding on to the ball too long right. and throwing it away. But, yep. Rob, but what kind of comes out of this season, then, is it that Aaron Rodgers has got this sort of narrative that he's hard to coach, do you believe that or was it literally just a relationship thing between him and Mike McCarthy at the very end? Yeah, I I don't I don't know that I would go so far Steve as to say he's hard to coach because he may be but they but so are all these guys. Brett Favre yeah. was the same way. Uh look, I talked to Mike Holmgren shortly after that whole thing happened and he said, "Look, and and this is a guy who obviously we know he coached uh Favre here, but he also coached Joe Montana and Steve Young in San Francisco." And he said, look, there's, it's a, you know, essentially I'm paraphrasing here, but it's a blessing and a curse. You know, yeah. these are strong willed guys that are at the top of their profession for a reason. Um, head coaches are also uh, strong willed ego, big ego guys. I mean, you don't get to where those guys get without being that way. It's not a criticism. It's just the way it is. And, and, you know, look, 13 years is a long time for two highly competitive guys to, to do it you know, time after time after time. And I'm not so sure that, you know, it's that he's any harder to coach than anybody else. Mm. I just think this is sort of what happens sometimes. And uh, look, I've, I've said, you know, from the time that Mike McCarthy got let go, that this could end up being just like it was for Andy Reed in Philadelphia. And then he comes back and, you know, obviously he's doing what he's doing in Kansas city. Uh, could be, it could be what's best for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I mean, look, Brett Favre, um, you know, when Mike McCarthy came in, Brett Favre was coming off his, his worst season in 2005. He had thrown 29 interceptions. It looked like he was just, he didn't want to be there. And two years later under McCarthy, he had one of his best years in 2007. They're back in the NFC championship game. And if not for that you know, bad interception that he throws against the Giants, they might have been back to another Super Bowl. So I think it could be good for everybody involved from McCarthy to the Packers to to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and Aaron has a new guy now. So he's like, whether he got his own way or didn't get his own way or, or whatever right. happened there. And I guess the buzzword out in the media, and I think we can all get enveloped in it to a, to a degree, is the fact that Matt LaFleur is young. He's like a hybrid between, yep. you know, Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds. And of course, that's important <laughs> to me and you, you know, sitting at home. Uh, so the thing is, is if, I, if I only had those looks, I'd be somewhere. <laughs> me too. Maybe between the two of us, you might make one good looking uh, fella. I don't know. I think we're being too modest. I think we're superstars in our own right. But Matt LaFleur, <laughs> he's the new guy, right? Uh, the, yeah. the press conference. Um, now, call me crazy. And I do this all the time, right? Because I get carried away at myself. Uh, he looked nervous. Uh, not that he looked he nothing, that yep. he had a lack of charisma. Um, I'm not going to say that, but I did see a yep. fire in him, especially when he was asked the question, you know, what did you think of last year's offense? And he kind of looked at, yeah. uh, I can't remember who it was, and he just said, you know, are you asking me to have the opinion on it? And it was a fine question, but it, it, yep. he obviously didn't want to answer it, and he sort of bit back, and I can see yeah. that in him. So I yep. guess l- let me roll this question all into one. You've done a lot of research, obviously, on Matt LaFleur. Your articles on ESPN.com are unrivaled. I always say that to people. Go on and check them out. I read them every day. Um, so in Matt LaFleur, do you, how did he strike you first? Because there was talk about him going around and introduce himself to all the media personnel. Yep. And do you yep. think that he has the pedigree to really bring this team forward, being a first-time head coach? Right. It's a, it's a great question. The, the, the person who asked the question was Bill Huber of Packer Report, who was yeah. a very, asked a very good question. 
Uh, I think it caught LaFleur off guard, but you're right. He was nervous and, and it's understandable. Um, I talked to him on the phone actually before I knew he was even had been offered the job, had a very, you know, this was day, the day of, and just happened to, I was just checking around and seeing if he had heard anything. And we had a super nice conversation. Uh, he's very conversational. The, the writers, we had him after the press conference, they brought us up to a conference room at Lambeau and we had a little bit of a roundtable discussion with them, much more comfortable in that setting. I don't think you can make any, you know, super, uh, you know, generalizations about the, the press conference because he definitely was nervous. And, yeah. you know, it's a weird setup when you got Mark Murphy sitting there for doing a 15 minute introduction <laughs> and, you know, you know, he's just sitting there waiting to talk. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I look from the, I, I just, I, I just got off the phone with Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers coach who worked with Matt, uh, uh, you know, in, in like three different places, Houston, uh, Washington and Atlanta. Um, and I mean, he swears by him and, and Kyle's a very outgoing, friendly guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he's got the presence of, of a Shanahan or a McVay, but that doesn't really matter in the yeah. If you know football, I mean, you can be a rah-rah guy and a motivator. And if you don't know, if you can't make a decision on third and one or, you know, fourth and two, then what good does that, you know, does it do? Is he the, is he the big presence that Mike McCarthy or Mike Holmgren was, you know, probably not, but you know, in this day and age, um, I'm not sure players care about that anymore. I mean, players are, players are smart. They're, they're not going to fall for the, you know, the intimidating speech, the, you know, the, the dropping swear words all the time. They're, they're yeah, too yeah. smart for that. And, and it doesn't, you know, there's too much money being made to, to be motivated by that. And, I think they're motivated. Players are motivated by winning and playing exciting brand of football. And, and if that's what Lafleur brings, that's probably all that matters. Yeah, I totally agree. The game's more cerebral now. We see that kind of with um, soccer over here, and I'm gonna get yeah. uh, destroyed for calling it soccer on the podcast over here. <laughs> I was uh, gonna say you should call it football. <laughs> but you see, they can't give out too much because there's a really popular morning show over here called Soccer AM, and then everyone gives out about it and go, huh, "Call not soccer." You're like, yeah, well, the biggest football show is called Soccer AM. <laughs> so uh, talk about the contradiction. Look, I'm I'm bearing in mind that I'd have you maybe for about another minute or two. Um, so let me just sort of um throw this at you, Rob. Is that I'm asking for the crystal ball treatment here, really, and someone who's who's covered his okay. team uh, and all the rest. So, with a guy like Matt Lafleur coming in, we've seen Ron Zuck go. That's no real surprise. Uh, and there's all mm-hmm. these coaching changes. Is there any inclination as to who we might expect to pull on the green and gold next year? With all of those players that are coming into contract or were in contract years last year that might not potentially yeah. be brought back, because we saw that picture of Randall Cobb and Aaron Hugging, right? Mm-hmm. Does, do you think that signifies yep. the end for Cobb? You know, it probably does. I thought it was a big year for both him and Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Matthews is, you know, look for years, it's been, can this guy stay healthy? And this year he played all 16 games, played a ton of snaps, um, but didn't have the production. Yeah. Whereas Cobb on the flip side had some good production, but was healthy or was, was not healthy. I mean, you look at the, the game against Chicago in week one, Cobb has the 75 yard touchdown catch and run. And you're like, yeah, that's the old Randall Cobb. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're going to get. And it just never turned out that way. Um, look, the, the chances are both those guys are probably not playing football here next year. But you know, as you go around the locker room, and you, I looked, at, I did this the last couple of weeks of the year, and I said, "Well, this guy's not going to be back. This guy's not going to be back." But you know, they can't let them all go. Um, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't replace thirty players. So there's definitely going to be some hard decisions. I mean, do, do they bring Brian Balaga back on the offensive line? Do they bring? Um, do they bring Jimmy Graham back after, you know, a disappointing season, but maybe Matt LaFleur 
says, look, this is what I, this is what I envisioned for Jimmy Graham. And, you know, this is the way they used him in the old system, but so it's, um, you know, it's just a little bit hard to say at this point, but I do think that there's going to be some hard decisions. They've, they're going to have a ton of salary cap room. Mm. Um, they obviously have great draft position with the two first round picks. So there's going to be an, you know, the rebuild, I guess my point is it may look like there's a lot of holes to fill, but they might, you know, if they make the right decisions, you know, it may not be too long before they're back to being a contender. And, um, you know, I sort of I go back to the Mike McCarthy when he started. You know, 2006, his first year was an eight and eight season in which they had to win their last four to get there, yeah. and then the next year they're 13 and three, uh, and they're in the NFC Championship game. I, I mean, look, nobody wants to say, oh yeah, it'll take two years, but if we're looking back and 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 in two years of you know Matt Lafleur's second year, he's you know 13 and three and in the NFC Championship game, I think you'd say, yeah, that's a pretty good turnaround. Yep. Well, there you go. Uh, heard from the expert Rob Domofsky, uh, ESPN Dynamo. Uh, breaking news on all things Packers. Just search Rob Domofsky on Twitter. Um, and some great uh, great pieces on there, uh, Rob. Injuries prevented the Packers from seeing Alexander King combination. Goes into, you know, whether we're going to see those tandems ever sort of get healthy throughout the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Loads of articles about Matt LaFleur. Uh, can you give us a quick hint as to what the next one's going to be? Well, I'm, I'm working on a profile of, of LaFleur that uh, I want to take time and really talk to a lot of people. I told you, I talked to Kyle Shanahan. That'll be a big part of it. I, you'll probably read a lot of really good stories about who Matt LaFleur is, uh, you know, over the next few weeks. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, it's typically what we do on the beat. Uh, I'm sure the guys at the journal Sentinel and the press Gazette and the Wisconsin, the Madison paper are all probably working on good pieces. And hopefully we all provide you guys with, uh, you know, our own little glimpses of who, uh, you know, of who he is and you're too kind to, to, about my work. There's, there's a lot of guys on this beat that do a lot of good things. And I think if you're a Packers fan anywhere, you're going to get, you know, kind of a good picture of who he is, you know, after all these stories come out, you know, in the next uh, week or so. Well, Rob, uh, I'm sure your fellow professionals will definitely uh, love you for that, uh, for, for putting us on to those as well. But um, <laughs> listen, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's always fantastic to have you on. It's the fastest uh, 15, 20 minutes of conversation we ever have. I enjoy it and can't wait to do it again.